Hello and welcome to Pause and Listen, a podcast from Pause, a national charity working with women who've experienced or at risk of having their children removed from their care. I'm Claire Laxton, Director of Communications and Influencing at Pause, and we'll be your host for this episode. So, things are a bit different now. In this episode, we'll be talking about the COVID-19 lockdown, the impact it's had on women working with Pause, and how we've adapted. We'll be hearing from Dr. Karen Traceman, clinical psychologist, trainer and author, and Paul's chief exec, Jules Hillier, as well. As well as Paul's practices across the UK keeping connected with women during the lockdown, we've also been supporting them with their creative projects. We'll hear some of their words in this episode, as well as a poem from a Paul's practitioner about what lockdown has been like. First up, I'm talking to Dr. Karen Traceman, Thanks so much for joining us today, Karen. So lockdown has been particularly challenging for those organisations and services that support people face to face. In your experience, what has been the impact of lockdown on those organisations and the people it supports? There's been a huge multi-layered impact. The work that organisations like Paul's do is so complex in itself. And then add the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and Brexit, I think we've been working in a really complex context. When our very work is about relationships, is around playfulness, is around creativity, is around connections, and actually really getting out into the community and being there or running groups um, and doing family work, suddenly for practitioners, it's felt like your hands have been tied. And so I think helping people to mourn that loss helping people to think about, God, how am I going to do my job and still keep the values of relationships at the heart? So I think that's been huge. It's also allowed for creativity and innovation. I think there's been the practical stuff of technology, actually feeling confident, thinking about confidentiality, thinking about the practicalities of it. How can you still be relational virtually? I think there's been a big element also around helping people to still feel connected. So how do I still feel like a team? How do I still feel like I'm important? I'm part of something. And all of this has been in a swurry of change and unpredictability and mixed messages from the government and in the media and the changing landscape. And so I think lots of people have felt uprooted and running out steam and quite overwhelmed. And it's also brought a lot of issues around social inequalities and injustice. So I think all of that has been sort of marinating and making it quite tricky for organisations at this time. So you've been supporting lots of organisations, including Pause, to stay connected um, and work through things during lockdown. How have you done this? And what do you think the impact has been? So the sorts of things I've done have been from running one-to-one support sessions, reflective practice and supervision sessions, leadership meetings. I've been doing loads of virtual trainings and workshops. It's dependent on the organisation. A lot of that has helped and been impactful. It's really helped people to feel connected and not alone, to feel held in mind to have me coming and recognising, acknowledging people, helping them feel contained and calm and looked after and nourished and seen and valued. I think the NHS has been massively forefronted, rightfully so, 
but many organisations such as charities, social services, residential have not had that same sense of being appreciated. So I think that's a big thing. I think I've worked really hard to help people think about what did we learn about trauma and adversity and stress and how can we take those values, those principles, whether it's about dissociation, toxic stress, collective loss, triggers, and how do we apply it to what we're seeing now in the pandemic? How are we learning about organizational trauma? What do we know about grief? So it's helped anchor people into that. I also think it's been able to give people some ideas, some practical ways of working, some creative ways. And a big thing, which has been a learning curve for me as well, is how do we work in still a playful, creative, relational way virtually? And so I've done lots of support around that and helping teams to think, how can we still reflect instead of react? Is there one piece of advice or learning you would say to any organisation that might be struggling to keep connected during lockdown? That's a tricky one, isn't it? I think a couple of things, going on what I just said about how we make people feel, and I think Pause has done a really intentional job of this, sometimes the small things are the big things, and every interaction is an intervention. Sending colleagues and people virtual hugs in the post, and we're thinking of you, and thank you for all the work you're doing, and staff shout-outs, and family shout outs, sending care packages or sensory items, leaving a voice note just saying, I'm thinking of you and you're not alone. Really helping people to feel valued, cherished, held in mind. Not brushing things under the carpet. Let's name the elephant in the room. Let's talk about this. We're all human. How has this impacted you? What are our different pandemic stories? What have we learnt? How can we use this opportunity to think about staff wellbeing, to think about name it to tame it. The other thing to me that would be really important is about the virtual working. Just yesterday I had consultations all day with people and something has happened. Some people have lost some of their creativity and I would love to just say all that stuff we've done about using puppets and masks and clay and actually you can do it virtually and there's some other stuff you can do using YouTube and whiteboard and emojis. I want people to look after themselves and think, how can we still be innovative? How can we be creative? Are there things that you think we as organisations and as the sector should be looking at and thinking about what we do in the future? That's a really huge thing to think about. What do we want our legacy to be of this pandemic? What are our values? What are our principles? And how have we embodied, modelled, brought those alive, infused them in this pandemic and how we're going to take those forward. I think those who have already been on the adversity, trauma and culturally informed journey have seen and fared much, much better. They've been much more buffered and had more protective factors. So my hope is that those organisations will continue to expand and build. And this has been a really validating experience. I hope other organisations who maybe are more fragile or in a more traumatised way will think this is a time for us really to think about putting adversity and trauma on the forefront. I think it is a time to reflect instead of a react and think about what have we done really well? What are we really proud of? What have been our sparkle moments? What have been our strengths and our power resources? 
and what have been some of the things that we want to keep, we want to anchor onto, we don't want to lose, we've been pushed out of our comfort zone, what do we want to do differently? Where, where do we want to travel to? How can we prepare in future if there's other bumps in the road? So I think that's a huge thing. I also think there's a massive thing about thinking about the virtual world and how can we still bring the essence of what we're doing into the virtual world? How can we make every interaction and intervention and how can we make it count? Things are a bit different now. I'm going to attempt to write a rhyme, just a short one, I think, to make sense of this terrible time. I hope it can be a bit of fun and time to reflect, but this is the first time I've done this, so it won't be perfect. Remember in the outings for food and treats? Seems such a long time ago, but it's only a few weeks. Gone are the trips to Costa and Greg's. Shopping is quite difficult. Where are the loo rolls and eggs? This is a difficult time for us all, but we'll do our best to keep in touch with Skype or a call. It's all very different to what we usually do, like visiting places as we nasser and chew. Quarter pounders with cheese and Big Mac meals, lattes, milkshakes, keeping it real. How I miss the complicated touchscreen please, getting it wrong and watching you do it with ease. It doesn't seem that long ago that we were sat in the car, out on our trips, both near and far, laughing, singing, ranting and raving, going the wrong way, getting lost with music playing. We are all amazed by your strength and courage with this and look forward to calling or Skyping to see what we've missed. We're sorry if we say what have you been up to today because we know it's tough when you're stuck inside this way. Just remember, it won't be long until we see you again. Keep going, keep strong, you're not on your own. We're right here beside you having a rant and a moan. I'm really pleased to be joined by Jules Hillier, Chief Exec of Pause. So Jules, how has lockdown impacted on women that we work with and Pause practices across the UK? I think for the women we work with, it's been a really mixed experience. I think there are many for whom they have had to be locked down in difficult and dangerous situations. They've experienced loneliness and isolation and it's been really hard. And I think there have also been some who have been able to find ways to adapt and have found it less difficult to cope. And just like the whole population, everybody has adapted and responded in a slightly different way. One of the things I've been really interested in, actually, is the levels of creativity that women have found when they've been forced to kind of be at home and thinking about the things that they can do. It's always striking that women who work with pause are often creative and have really interesting things to say and creative ways to express themselves. But I think during lockdown, the amount of poetry that has come out from women, the artwork, the crafting, music, it's been really quite inspiring in many ways. And I don't say that to mask a huge number of challenges and difficulties that women have experienced but there definitely has been a sense of them channeling some of those difficulties and challenges through creativity which I found really quite inspirational. And could you talk about some of the specific challenges that women might have had maybe being able to access mental health support? Yeah so I mean (laughs) all all services have been affected by COVID-19 and I think that if you need 
mental health services, if you are in a dangerous or violent relationship, if you need contraceptive services, those things have become much, much more difficult to access. For the women that we work with, depending on how long they've been working with us, they will often be able to use those services because they have a pause practitioner who supports them to do it. The pause practitioner will help them make the appointment, help them go along to the appointment if necessary. And of course, while we've had to be working remotely, that's been a much less straightforward thing for a practitioner to support someone with. Not to mention the fact that for many of those services, particularly some of the contraceptive and sexual health services, they simply haven't been available for women to get to, even if they'd been able to go to them. So because we're dealing with services that are really necessary for women and women who probably need many more than just one of these services, you know, women who have highly complex and often dangerous and difficult lives, the lack of access to those services has been really quite serious. And what about pause practices across the country? They've obviously had to adapt quite quickly to change their face-to-face relationship-based practice to something different. How have you seen practices adapting and changing what they do? Immediately, they had to make massive changes in the same way that we all did. So the vast majority of our practitioners and coordinators and practice leads began working from home at the beginning of lockdown and when you are used to a role that requires a lot of intensive face-to-face time with people that is a real adaptation and you have to think really creatively and carefully about how you're going to manage it. I think that practices the same as the rest of us had to then cope with technology so that was not just the technology at home but many of our practices are in local authorities and local authorities have had a very mixed response to the kind of technology that they're using. I don't think it's necessarily been straightforward for local authorities to quickly enable people to work remotely. Many of our practitioners and practice leads have a social work background and in some cases social workers that work for pause were asked to go back into frontline social work. So particularly at the beginning of lockdown for those first four weeks it felt like a real response to a crisis and everybody was learning very quickly and having to change and adapt incredibly fast and with the kind of creativity and tenacity that you would expect from pause practices without having to breach any guidelines, enabling women to remain physically distant from them. They found ways to continue to provide the levels of support that women need. And that was really impressive. And what do you think has been the biggest challenge you faced in your role as Chief Exec of PAUSE during lockdown? I think the unpredictability of things has been difficult. The first few weeks felt like a real scramble that we were in the midst of a crisis. But actually, over the longer term, I think the most difficult thing to deal with is the lack of certainty and the lack of clarity about what might happen next. I have never had cause for a moment's concern about the effectiveness and the creativity of our practices because that work very quickly was happening effectively but I wanted to be sure that the individuals were all okay because everybody in the whole country has been having to work with a level of stress that's completely unprecedented regardless of whether you usually feel high levels of anxiety and stress and it's consistently sitting there on your shoulder and I think one of the really difficult things has been to ensure that everybody stays safe and well and happy the people that I'm responsible for because they're the team that works for pause. 
And finally, is there anything you'd keep from the changes we've made during the lockdown? What will be its legacy for pause? It's interesting, isn't it, that for us, some of the practices that are furthest away, so we have practices in Dundee in Scotland, we have practices in Northern Ireland, we have practice in Plymouth, so we're, we're really spread across the country. And I think for some of those particularly distant practices, the connectivity they've been able to have and the engagement with some of the training and development opportunities that we've been able to provide remotely has been really positive. And they've actually been able to take part in more of our activities more of our work so I think something for us to give real thought to is how we continue to keep those distant practices as involved as engaged I think in the future we will probably be looking at some kind of blended arrangement where there are opportunities to access online training and so on as well as face to face there's been a real lesson to me that little things can make a real difference to people and that will be the same whether people are having to be in lockdown or work from home or all come into the office people really appreciate being thought about and understanding and knowing that they're thought about and of course I knew that already but it is useful to have it shown so clearly sending people cards or checking in with people and making sure they're okay and although I've done that very purposefully whilst it's been clear that not everybody is okay I think that's something I will remind myself to keep doing when things are more I don't know normal whatever that will end up looking like. Things are a little different. It's not the same as before. I no longer see my baby, but instead I Skype her more. Things are a little different now, and it makes me feel so sad. I'm looking forward to lockdown lifting, but I'm grateful for everything I have. Things are a little different now. Thank you so much to all my guests for being part of this episode. I'm really talking about how things have been so different during COVID-19 lockdown, but also about the things that we might keep from this time. This is the last episode of Pause and Listen in our first podcast mini-series, but we'll be back later on in the year with more discussions and interviews. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about Pause, just go to www.pause.org.uk or find us on Twitter at Pause.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, from me, goodbye. Goodbye.